0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank.
1: Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets. Welcome in, everybody. This is Benny and the Betts. So glad to have you all with us. We are presented, of course, by PXG, and we're thrilled to have Stormy Bonantoni. She of uh, Visa, the host of the Lombardi line, and also you can catch her outstanding work across espn as well on the sidelines for a variety of college athletics uh stormy it is so good to have you on i've been such a fan of your work for such a long time and being able to actually see a show in person at the circa resort and casino in downtown las vegas when i was there probably about last april or so um the energy of that room and being able to see everything kind of unfold in person when you've seen it across vsun um was really fun, and just congrats on on all your continued success, and uh, thanks so much for being here.
2: Thanks so much. I I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And yeah, Circa, like Derek Stevens and that whole crew has done such an unbelievable job putting that place together. Like, it is any like avid sports fan or especially a sports better's dream because you got all of the screens inside world's largest sports book. If you want to be outside at stadium swim, you get even more of that can place your bets down there at the pool. Um, I-, I love talking to Derek because his mindset and creating Circo is basically just about how would me and my friends want to spend a weekend? What would we want to do? And he totally like made that vision come to life. So I feel super fortunate that that's a chair I get to sit in every day for work.
1: As someone who grew up in Vegas, and obviously it's such an integral part of your story in your life, um, I know you've talked about before how growing up and watching games with your dad and sort of knowing a lot of these numbers is sort of like this early point. As the evolution of sports betting has really sort of gone beyond Las Vegas, what have you noticed, I guess, what have you noticed about the city and kind of its evolution into kind of still feeding that frenzy of, it being a destination, even when something that was so integral to it is no longer like the number one location. How has right. Vegas evolved?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because, and and I think it's a great thing. Like I love that sports betting is becoming normalized and it's accessible all over the country, and more and more people are involved in it because it's a blast. It's so much fun. And as far as like the Vegas element of it goes, um, I think what makes Vegas and such a a destination still regardless of the sports betting aspect being available elsewhere is now that we've become a sports town now we have NHL games that you can come and watch you have the NFL here you have the WNBA the NBA wants to come the Major League Baseball is on its way and so I think that it's become so much more than that and a destination for a variety of different ways for for folks that are in sports and unfortunately from the sports betting side I think that there are a lot of folks that are still kind of caught up in the old ways a little bit too much. And I'm hoping that the gaming commission and, the, and a lot of these sports books locally here will start to open up their minds a little bit and expand because you're right. Like it's not the only game in town anymore. It's not the only place where you can get this. So we need to be doing more props. We need to have diversity in the different opportunities of things that you can bet. And I hope that that's to come, um, you know, here in, in years soon. But But as of right now, like I I absolutely love this town. It's so crazy when I was a kid and, you know, like obviously I grew up in this world, so it was so normal for me. It was always weird when I went other places and they didn't get it and they didn't understand it. So it's really, really refreshing to see the way that other people across the country have embraced it the way that they have. Um,
1: So, yeah. When it comes to sort of explaining that sort of to the outside world. And, and I, I, if you can take it a step further, because I, I think the props component is something that's really interesting. When I was back in Vegas and granted God, it had been about 13, 14 years. I went when I was 21 <laughs> and didn't make it back until, you know, I turned 35 and went on a golf trip with my dad. So we spent the bulk of the time actually in Anderson. Uh, so it was a very different experience than, than when I went when I was still in college. Um, but One of the things that I noticed immediately is that when you're on your phone and you're going across the different sports betting apps, you're right, there's just more of a variety. It's quicker, it's faster, it's not turned off a lot of the time in the midst of games. Is that sort of what you're talking about? A little bit more accessibility, even though you can still enjoy yourself while you're on site at a lot of these different books.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's nothing better than, like, being around a bunch of like-minded people who all have action on a game one way or another. Like, so the sportsbook element... I think is still really important and is still a very like community type of a thing for people, but it is, it's so easy just to be on your phone, on an app, zip, zip, zap, place your bet, whatever you want to do, create your parlay. Um, But like same game parlays and, and things like that that are so normal across the country and we see people that, whether it's smart or not, love putting together like a billion legs and have the massive payout and stuff. There's just not a lot of those opportunities for people at the sportsbooks in Las Vegas, which... I think people would enjoy, you know, and even if it is largely donations, like sportsbooks should take them. Right. So it's just it's just a fun factor. If you want to get more casual bettors involved, I think that's the way that you do it. And like, how can you not love a DraftKings, for example, in the menu and you go through and anything you can dream up of betting is available to you. So I just would like to see that expand a little bit more here.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. And especially like there's a dichotomy between like, say a book like DraftKings where they're eager to a little bit more boosts, and they want to be able to encourage yep. more of the community based action versus a place like Circa where they're catering to a lot of those betters that have been in this space for a long time that want to be able to get that early action in. They want to be able to have expansive limits. So I think, you know, variety is, is the spice of life. If there's more opportunity, then there's more ways to be able to further at least get the market more competitive as well.
2: For sure. And like to your point about Circa, like they take some big bets at Circa. So again, credit that Mac
1: flying in. Like (laughs) these are real bets on a weekly and, and sometimes even a daily basis.
2: Yeah, although I will say we've had Mattress Mac on our show before and what a character that that guy is. But yeah, it it is true. Like they are one of those places. Another thing that Circa does well, though, that I love is they have the best, in my opinion, like survivor contest, period, with what they've put together. And that is the common man, right? That is anybody that can come in and put their money down and have an opportunity to win millions of dollars at the end. And now, like that's been the funnest thing this season, in my mind, to watch. Um, because we've, we're seeing week after week, the top team, the top selection for all these entrants every week seems to be going down lately and they're cut down to 30 people and it's crazy, but it's so much fun. And like, that is one of those things that, um, that is really, really cool that, that I think they do really well. And I mean, like circa millions contests, a lot of, a lot of places do those against the spread contests, but, um, I just like the way that circa does it. I
1: think they do a good job. Right, so you're the, the co-host of the Lombardi line, obviously much more tailored towards football because of your co-host, Michael Lombardi, uh, and his longtime connection as a front office and executive in the league. But you also talk a lot of college football. You talk some NBA as well. Amongst all the sports that you cover and gotten into professionally, is there one in particular that you've enjoyed betting on the most?
2: Ooh, ah, that's so tough. Um, I, I, I have loved college football. Um, that's just, I think it's because I'm so in tune to the sport on a daily basis and have for years, like I just really care about it a little bit more. I also loved, and it's unfortunately had to take a step back because as you referenced, like football is my priority right now on the show with Michael, that's a, an NFL focused show. And then of course my, my college football stuff, but I love hockey. I adore hockey. And I I, I had the good fortune to be the ringside reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights out here for a couple of years. And I got freaking hooked. So I was somebody who was not a hockey fan in general, like growing up, because like I said, here in Vegas, we didn't have that. We didn't have anything for a very, very long time. I never thought once I decided that this was what I wanted to do for a career that I would ever be able to live here. And now it's like the premier place. I can't imagine living anywhere else. But when Vegas got a team, I was all in on the Golden Knights and I went like all in on learning hockey and I freaking love that sport and I love betting hockey and it's been, and for a while it was something that I was getting pretty good at. I'm bummed that I've had to take a little bit of a step back because I just can't dedicate as much time and energy as I want to right now, but best believe once football season is over, your girl will be swooping back in there and go Golden Knights who continue to lead the division right now.
1: Yeah, they've been so fun to be able to watch it. I remember too, tuning into a Golden Knights game at the start of their Stanley cup run. And I remember they, they showed on TV, like the whole elaborate intro and like, I, I grew up as a nineties Chicago kid. So I thought like the, the running with the bulls and the serious theme from the Alan Parsons project and from North Carolina. Like I thought that was an intro, man. I, the Vegas golden Knights intro yeah. were the best in sports. Like I think Kansas Jayhawk fans would argue that their hype up video is arguably one of the best. But it's not a Vegas show. And that's a Vegas show every time a game starts.
2: Yeah. And they did it from day one, too, which is so remarkable. Like, they totally leaned in. Ownership was cool with it. They're like, we're going to make this Cirque du Soleil on ice for our pregame. And that's just how it's going to be. And every year, they've done a good job, like, being creative and changing it. And same thing in the playoffs. Every round of the postseason, they're doing something different about the opponent, making it fun and unique. Like, that... And that crew, too, has had a lot of turnover over the years, but they continue to raise the bar. And I loved this year, which I'm sure you saw when they brought the banner down or I get up, excuse me, when they raised the banner out of the slot machine on the ice. I'm like, like only
1: in Vegas, only y'all could do this. It's so cool. They're great full-on leaning into the bid, and you know what? I, I I give him plenty of credit for it. So um, one other thing that I want to talk to you about, but obviously, we will get into plenty of games. Uh, You're going to be a part of the KU UNLV broadcast. Obviously, that's a matchup that there's lots to be able to discuss there. We'll also go through some of the other local college matchups ahead of bowl season, and of course, it's a big game for the Chiefs and the Bills. Cowboys and Eagles are taking place this week. We'll go through some of our favorite NFL plays coming up in just a bit, but I think this is sort of a, an opportunity for a PSA. There's a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers that have either gone to Vegas or are looking forward to going back to Vegas. And I think all they know is the Strip and they know kind of what people have told them from years. When I had a chance to go, obviously spend some days in Henderson, did a, a couple of great places to, to golf, uh, but stayed downtown at Circa one of the nights too and found myself like finding some incredible restaurants along the way, like, Carson Kitchen. I'm still thinking about that experience, like right on top of where the actual kitchen is. So like if somebody is planning a trip to Vegas and they don't want to do what everybody expects them to do, what are some absolute stops, destinations, places that they should absolutely see while they're there that are maybe a bit off the beaten path? See, that's that's so good.
2: I I wish that I was a more exciting person for you to have a lot more options. I'm such a homebody. I think like I travel so much and I do so much for work that when I'm home, I'm just like passed out on the couch. But there are a few things. And I love that the first thing off of your mind was a restaurant, because one thing Vegas does so freaking well is it is such a melting pot of different types of foods and experiences that like restaurant game strong here in town. And one of my favorites is in the arts district. So it is a little bit off the beaten path
1: called Esther's Kitchen. And we're and I'm so happy that you said that I went. Uh, I went with uh, the sports consigliere, uh, Dave. Sher- yes. Uh, we shared a meal over at Esther's. I Kitchen. hope you got a loaf oh, of yeah. sourdough. Oh, of course. Well Have done, our, our Jared Drink, told some stories. He's he's such a wonderful guy. And it's someone that needs to be on this podcast at some point. I'm so glad you brought up Esther's Kitchen
2: Yes. So like I highly recommend. Um and and like you you know from being there, that's an area that's got a little bit more walkability yes. too. So like if you are somebody that likes going to breweries and likes, you know, some unique like things that you can see, like that's a good area, I think, for for people watching for fun, for walkability. And good food. And, like, I I absolutely love Esther's Kitchen. And they are a place that changes their menu pretty often based on, like, what are the fresh ingredients, what's in season. And obviously, with a last name like Bonantoni, I'm very Mambo Italiano. So, like, it is my vibe. And and I wanted to tell you also, Ben, I was so impressed off the top how you said my name. Nobody ever gets my name right. Like, you nailed it. Thank you so much.
1: First of all, I I wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, And the other thing about it is that, like, I... I feel like everybody asks you about your name because it's so unique. Our youngest son, his name is Ezri. um, And there's like a a special connection to that name for us. But I've been thinking about it in the sense of like, you have a name that I I, I can't imagine you've come across many other stories. I was actually going to ask you, you used to host a podcast where you interviewed a lot of titans in in the sports media industry that were women. I was wondering like, has Story Bonitani, and, and I see I already, now it's in my head, I already messed it up stormy bonantoni has stormy ever talked to hannah storm like has there been like a duality of storms all coming together as maybe a part of this podcast
2: i haven't but i i love hannah storm um i think she is tremendous and she's definitely somebody that i've looked up to a lot over the years in this industry so we'll have to we'll have to get that on the docket especially obviously with the espn connection but um but yeah my name is it's interesting because like when it's your name, you don't think it's weird growing up until other people tell you that it is like, oh, I've never met a Stormy or that's interesting. And like you're you're reading in school as a little kid and they're like, and the Stormy weather. And then everybody looks at you and you're <laughs> like, ah, oh, OK, <laughs> you know. Um, but I haven't met a lot of Stormies in my lifetime now, though, with like Kylie Jenner's baby being norm- named Stormy and unfortunately what shall not be named the stormy daniel situation a few years ago i got a lot of stuff in my mentions during that time which wasn't ideal but but her name's tiffany everybody come on Here let me, live. Right. Why gotta ruin
1: me why you right. got right. ruined. this for me right no you're an og stormy
2: <laughs> yes but uh but yeah so that is that's my real name like basically the story goes like my mom liked the name stormy and she liked the name chloe and being born in las vegas in the middle of summer it happened to be like a crazy
1: thunderstorm and so she just said
2: Stormy it is. And my dad hated it. But now he's grown to like it.
1: (laughs) What's what's the favorite um, impersonation of Bon and Tony that you've ever gotten from like a telemarketer? Like what's what's the worst way that they've ever tried to pronounce your name?
2: Oh, there's so there's so many. And people people try to like sound it out. Boo and Nintani is a pretty frequent one. Bucatoni is the is the one that really got me because I said, where did the C come from? Yeah, that's all I want to know.
1: Island letters that don't exist. Bucato- I'm not a pasta.
2: You know, I feel like that's kind of the vibe it's giving. But <laughs> yeah, that was one of the- there was a there was a player earlier this year. I did a I did an Auburn UMass game at the very beginning of the season. And UMass's quarterback's name is Tyson Pumachan. And it is spelled all types away. So if you want to get crazy and Google that name later, good luck because it is a lot. But we bonded when we were prepping for the game, and he—I asked him that same question. I was like, "What's the weirdest?" That he said, "Oh man, puma changa, fama chang, like all this
1: different stuff." So I know I'm not alone in the world in that. Amazing. We're talking to Story Von and Tony here on Betty in the Beds. You should be following her. On social as well, uh, Twitter, X, TikTok at Storm Bonatoni. On Instagram and Threads, it is I believe SS Stormy, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, it was I, I. tried
2: Stormy. I tried Stormy with a couple Y's. I tried Stormy with more Y's, and then there weren't any available. So I just tacked S's on the front, and that's how that name was born.
1: But again, if if people know how to find you, they know how to find you. But I all, you. all different areas. Uh, the, the content is a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed one of the recent TikTok videos that you made talking about the Instagram life versus the reality life of being a sports reporter and how it's a great opportunity and a good learning opportunity, especially for, for someone who's worked in, in local television, local radio as well. Um, it is not a, a glamorous life where everything is going perfectly. And I think it's really important that people know when things break down and when something goes awry that this is perfectly normal. And it's kind of about how you respond to it and and kind of make it fun along the way. I appreciate that because you're
2: you're dead on social media. It's it's a place where I feel like especially somebody in our types of job where people understand, like we're very lucky to do what we do. And a lot of people would like to talk about sports as their job. And we post these pictures covering cool events, being at cool sports books, being on the field at games And I think it's important to recognize that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes I have embarrassed myself plenty on national television, you know, fortunately not fired yet holding strong, but like it's, it's not perfect. And there are so many days where I am, you know, running in between flights to catch a connection, sprinting through an airport just to get on my spirit airlines, red eye, like X, Y, Z. There's just a lot of crazy behind the, thing, behind the scenes things that people don't realize working holidays and weekends and nights when everybody's with their family or hanging out with their friends. That's typically when I'm at work. And it's, it's a lot of those different elements, I think, that people don't necessarily understand about the job. So I think it's good to put that out there, especially for young reporters and young people that want to get in the industry. Just understand it's it's it is fun and we're so lucky it's not rocket science or brain surgery that we're doing here.
1: But there are some challenges as well. All right, well, we'll go ahead and uh, transition out of this and talk a little uh, college football. Some of the local bowl games are in action. also get Stormy's thoughts uh, on the college football playoff matchup as well. Plus, there's some really intriguing NFL games. I know that Stormy's been talking about a lot of them this week on the Lombardi Live. We'll get her thoughts especially on Chiefs and Bills coming up in just a second. So glad to have you with us, Stormy. Take a quick break. Back with more Benny and the Bets presented by PXG.
0: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store, or Google Play.
3: Just search KC Sports Network. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Benny and the Betts joined by Stormy Bonantoni. She of uh, VEASAN, of ESPN, and as mentioned, a great follow across the different platforms. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram is where you can find her as well. So let's talk a little college football and a game that you're actually going to be a part of with Kansas and UNLV. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl is going to be in Arizona at Chase Field. Uh, Jayhawk's half point favorite in that matchup. A total, nice high total of 64 and a half. Um, I I, I hate to sort of go in in this aspect, but I do think it's important to mention that this is going to be a game with a lot of heavy arts for for UNLV and uh, a school that I know that you follow locally, a school that I know that there's a lot of meaningful ties within the Las Las Vegas community that you live in. Um, You know, I'm curious to sort of get a local perspective on sort of what it will be like for you to be covering this sort of... It, it could be a galvanizing opportunity, I think, where people come together in light of what was a terrible tragedy. Um, and so before we even dive into any sort of betting component, I'm, I'm curious to just get your your natural reaction to sort of what that experience may may likely be like.
2: Yeah, and just for a little background too, it was... yeah. I mean, this past week was really really chaotic and I, I hate it for the community because obviously this is a city that went through so much already back in 2017 yeah. with the, the the mass shooting that happened at the concert on October 1 and it was it was a moment that really brought a lot of the community together um, and this what happened at UNLV like college is supposed to be a safe space you should not have to worry about your life hanging in the balance when you're just trying to go to school and create a better life for yourself and i i hate so much that this is something that happened in our community again that it happened to those people and obviously we're thinking so much about about all of the families and i i i have no words for those types of things when they happen other than you know we're just thinking as as much as we can about them and Trying to push forward in a positive way, and I think that's what UNLV as a team is going to try to do when they do get out to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl because it is it's it's an important thing for the program for a number of reasons, and this just adds to it. But also, like from obviously, like we're we're from a betting perspective and a sports perspective, this is the first bowl game that they've played in in a decade, so it's oh. that much more important. Um, the season that they've had has been historic, that nine and four record, the best they've had since 1984. This game is going to mean a lot to them. Um, their, their young quarterback who has been a stud freshman, all American Jaden Mayava. He was rumored to be in the portal, but got confirmation that he's going to be staying put, which I think is a big deal. And the job that Barry Odom has done for this program to turn it around. And I know the way that they ended the season wasn't the way that they wanted to. It was a rough performance in that mountain West championship game. I think that they're going to come ready to play. And I think that they're going to be extremely motivated for a lot of the, the reasons that I just mentioned. And there will be a tough element to it. That said, because again, we talk about it from the numbers perspective. I, I think 12 and a half is too many, too many points just before any of that other off of the field stuff happened. And you tell me, you obviously follow Kansas a lot more closely, and I still have to dive into a lot of the nuts and bolts of this game before we cover it later on this month. But 12.5, it seemed like a lot to me, especially given that this is a UNLV team that's tied for the second-best cover percentage in all of college football this year.
1: Yeah, they've been unbelievable at covering the spread. And and kudos to Kansas, too. Uh, The last couple of years under Lance Leipold, um, they they've made enormous strides. And there's a lot of there's a meaningful sense of pride in what the Jayhawks have really become and turned into. And, you know, it, it's funny, I, I saw an interview that you did with um, with the new Indiana coach, former coach at uh, at James Madison, uh Coach Siggs. And, you know, there's there's a sense of a new model in which a lot of college football teams are kind of chasing after, not necessarily just like the young up-and-coming coach, but the coach that has really proven themselves at a lot of smaller schools and built up the program and just everywhere they've gone, they've won. And Leipold kind of is that clear example. And now he's come to Kansas, which for so long, you know, we're, we're talking about Mark Mangino the last time uh, this was a team that played in like an upper echelon type of bull. Um, so there's a really strong sense of pride in, in, in Jason Bean in particular uh, to be able to embrace that role knowing that he was going to be the backup, but then take over. I've been really impressed with them. But I I do think, to your point, this is a Vegas team that has covered, that have hung tough. And KU's defense is still an area where they've had some good moments, but they haven't been consistent all year. So I think especially this might be the time to maybe jump in on UNLV because as this game gets closer, Stormy, you tell me, I'd I'd be surprised if this stays at twelve. I think we end up going into this game maybe closer to 10, 10.5. 10
2: yeah, I do. I think that it'll move more to, to that direction. The one thing about Kansas's game that do, that I do think is going to potentially trip up UNLV a little bit is that is that quarterback run game and read option game because we saw that be a challenge um, most recently against Boise State. Taylor Green ran for, I want to say it was 90 yards and two touchdowns in that win, and we know Kansas obviously can do both of those things well. Uh, But again, you know, we're not looking at at will Kansas win or lose. We're asking, will they win by two scores? And in in the two games this season where where KU has been double digit favorites, they've won but not covered. So I just I feel like you're right that we're going to lean a little bit more toward UNLV taking some money, that number ticking down a little bit. But I, I think it'll still end up being a double digit spread. And if that is the case, I think I trust the Rebs to at least keep it close enough.
1: Yeah, and a couple other stats that I think are worth noting for anybody that is considering the UNLV side. Um, The the Rebels have actually been, we talk about KU's offense and and how dominant they've been this year. In third down conversions, UNLV actually has an advantage over KU, uh, just under 50% in conversions on third down. Red zone scoring, we we think about the Jayhawks as being elite, 82.5%. UNLV, one of the best teams in the country at red red zone scoring, uh, just under 92%. This is a KU team that allowed opponents to score just under 90% of the time in the red zone. I I think that could be the difference is these conversions on third down uh, and also opportunities in the red zone for UNLV to make this game maybe a little bit closer than most might anticipate.
2: Yeah, and like I think they're a little bit underrated at running back, too. They've got some strong running back depth. Um, Three guys that are all averaging more than four and a half yards per carry Ricky White, also one of the best G5 receivers in the country for for my money, 1,386 receiving yards this year. So, like, they have have some sneaky talent, and Barry Odom's a really good coach, and obviously, like, you guys know him well with the Missouri ties, right? So, um, I I played, I want to say middle linebacker in the 90s and of course he's on the coaching staff for just like years and years and years including time as a head coach so people out there in your neck of the woods n- know Barry Odom very well and and he, he is a good coach I think and he's done an, a remarkable job turning the
1: program around in a short time. Well right, you brought up Barry Odom I, mean, I was gonna go to K-State next but since uh, Odom was mentioned we gotta talk <laughs> about uh, Mizzou up against Ohio State uh, AT&T Stadium on the 29th. Um, I, it's always interesting with Ohio State. You talked about the portal. And I do think like as much as we're maybe not thinking about it when it comes to these types of moments, they they do create some riffs uh for a lot of these different programs. Right now, uh line's kind of across the board in this game. Ohio State um at, at one point opened up as a heavy favorite. The line has moved a ton towards Missouri Stormy. Like right now we're looking at the Tigers anywhere between two to some books even have it uh, as, as a three-point favorite in this game. Did that surprised you, the the massive move towards Missouri uh, heading into this matchup. Yeah. So
2: now, so I am somebody that that bounced on Missouri right away and took the six and a half. And now I'm wondering well. if we're adjusting too much and if we can get a middle here and buy back on Ohio State, especially in, if it is at the three. I haven't seen a three pop up at a book that I can bet on yet. Largely two and a half still. But what a A huge swing, as you said, because it's hard to say what Ohio State's going to look like and who Ohio State's going to look like by the time this game kicks off. They've had so many kids already hit the portal. Granted, a lot of them are depth guys, but their quarterback, Kyle McCord, is one of them um also the opt-out like how many opt-outs is this team going to have they're stacked with NFL talent on both sides of the ball you don't anticipate Marvin Harrison Jr. going to play you don't anticipate Emeka Buka is going to play Travion Henderson is the number five running back in this draft class a number of defensive players too so like I feel like the list goes on and on but at the same token it's still an Ohio State that is stocked up on the back end with four and five star recruits up and down the lineup too so that's why I, I wonder if maybe it's gotten a little bit too far the other way. But I do love Missouri. I like Missouri to win this game. Like, how motivated are these guys? They've been such a wonderful surprise team in college football to watch. They end the year in the top 10. Probably the biggest bowl they've played in in, in recent history that I can remember. Everybody's yeah. going to play. Drinkwitz is out here cracking Connor Stallion's jokes. I'm here for it. <laughs>
1: I it's so interesting too. like drink is, is somebody that I, I've always had a, a tough time trying to evaluate because he still makes some of those just mind numbing decisions <laughs> in game um, where, you know, there's a moment earlier this year where the thicker kicker had to pretty much bail him out. And I, you run up the concept of how Ohio state, it, there's now a sense of pride, I think for, for Ryan day, for this game that maybe he didn't have before that he might need now. Like, it's weird to think about somebody like Ryan Day. not And again, Yeah, please don't take this for anybody listening is Ryan Day is trying to coach for his job. That, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But there is starting to feel like there's conversation of we, we just don't have that same type of trust in what he's doing with this program versus over the last few years. And and I can't help but wonder if that's a, another galvanizing force with maybe there is too much movement, but if you got on Missouri early, kudos to you. I,
2: I do feel for Ryan Day. Because one other coach in the country has the overall coaching record that that guy does, Not but, but is getting the flack that he does on social media because he's lost to Michigan the last couple of years. Like, that's yeah. you you got to win your one- and two-game season if you're Ryan Day, if you're Jim Harbaugh, if you are um, uh, James Franklin, right? Like, that's just how it has been the last few years. And obviously, Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh, the better of that than Mr. Franklin. That's been a rough go over there for Penn State. But yeah, like I, I do, I, I can completely understand it from that standpoint. And, and like I said, like, I think he's going to coach hard. He's a very good coach. Um, I think that Devin Brown, who's expected to start, but anybody that they end up putting in there, I know they think very highly of their freshman Kaipoltz in the back end and uh, Tristan Jebby. I want to say, still in that, in that quarterback room as well, but likely Devin Brown, like he'll have that person ready to go. You have ample time to prepare for this game and get some of those young guys ready And for as much as we want to say, oh my gosh, all these talented guys are opting out. If you remember two years ago in the Rose Bowl when Ohio State played Utah, very much so the same narrative because Garrett Wilson and those top guys all weren't going to play. But that's the first time we really saw Marvin Harrison Jr. take off. And he had the three touchdown statement game and a win against Utah. And so who knows what up and coming receiver talent maybe they could have in the pipeline. Like this year's offense, was very different than that offense. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I know what I'm saying here, and we can't anticipate that there's gonna be another stud like Maserati Marvin, but like <laughs> they have had success in that instance previously.
1: I, I, the great Gus Johnson reference, Maserati <laughs> Marvin.
2: Maserati. Oh, so good. <laughs> I
1: mean, he, he does make it fun. And, and by the way, another, another real good dude. Uh, in the industry, uh, in that of Gus Johnson, All, he, he was someone years ago that had an opportunity to interview. Well, I was still doing college radio and picked up the phone, called in, and, and told some incredible stories, Look how when he was first calling games, at, like, when he was in his early 20s, he was calling games like on a cell phone and what? just like fully embraced. Oh, it's a great story. Oh, I no. I wouldn't do it service, but, but yeah, Gus. Gus is the goods, and and there's a reason that uh he, he's on that number one call. He's he's a fantastic guy in the industry. Fair. Um K State. Uh yeah. interesting matchup. Another quarterback that uh is currently involved in the transfer portal, Will Howard. Um, they're currently getting, or they're currently laying three, I should say, cut up against NC State. I, I know you spent a little bit of time uh in the North Carolina area, obviously a handful of years ago, but um any intriguing thoughts on this matchup, anything that catches your eye uh in this upcoming?
2: Yeah, and I've actually covered K State a couple times over the last two years as well. I had their, um, I was on the radio for the Sugar Bowl last season, and I I had an early season game for them this year. Also, transition from Mizzou to K State—that is the thicker kicker walk off right from
1: 61 yards. What a remarkable! Thank you for for tying every every aspect of the show together. That's why it's why you're together,
2: bringing it together. Um, I'm I don't know if I'm more excited for the game or the edible mascot, though. I got to be honest with you. (laughs) Which okay, before we get into the details of this game, do you know any of the logistics of this? Like how how is this coming together? And I am the biggest Pop-Tarts fan in the game. Let me tell you, the biggest travesty of my career is that I was not assigned this bowl game, but it's okay. I'll I'll make it through, but how how is this going to work? Like how is he going to be out there on the and then everybody's going to eat him? I don't get it.
1: So this is obviously an area that I clearly have not spent enough time planning and researching. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up now uh, because this is going to consume my night, uh, both literally and <laughs> figuratively. Um, and, and also, if it is going to be an edible mascot, what flavor is the right. are going to be like? Zach, that you full circle? We were talking about all the different props that you can bet on. Like this feels, this is like the ideal Super Bowl prop of like, yes. what color is the Gatorade bath? Yeah, I don't care about
2: Gatorade. I don't care about the coin toss. I need Pop Tart flavors.
1: Let's yes. go. What flavor is the edible Pop Tart mascot going to be? Um, y- you know what? We're, I'm going to see if I can get this through somewhere. Um, we we have enough connections in this space. Can we can we find a book that's willing to do this?
2: I I would love to. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I propose this to Jeff Benson and the crew at Circa ASAP when I go in tomorrow. Yeah, and oh. this will
1: also make for an amazing graphic on your on on the broadcast <laughs> as well. You're like, thanks for nothing, guys. Like, you're we
2: got, and it's good we can put out a poll to see what flavors people like the most so that we can determine the odds. We've we've got this set; it'll be yeah. great. And and then fade the public, <laughs> obviously. I am I am really excited for this game though because it ended up being a nationally ranked game the way the NC State finished their season strong so 18 versus 25 I love that. I I do lean a little bit taking the points with the Wolfpack so I hope that your fan base and everybody that's watching doesn't get mad at me. No, um figure it out. Be honest. <laughs> I just and I ugh, I don't hate a, an NC State money line play either but we'll, we'll hold off on that talk at, for now. Um obviously you mentioned Will Howard not going to be there which I I do think is is very, very significant, paired with the fact that offensive coordinator Colin Klein is out the door as well. Um, He might be even more significant. Yes. Obviously, he's a great play caller, but the two of them together have kind of played mentor to Avery Johnson. And so now it's the first opportunity where we're going to see a game plan fully created and built around him, and it's not the guy that you've been accustomed to and familiar with in that role doing it for you. So I'm I'm curious how that's going to play out. The game that I had with K-State earlier this season was the Houston game where obviously like you see the, the highs and lows of the talent that a guy like Avery Johnson has because he steps in the first opportunity that he gets and it's, you know, lost the yards in a fumble. And then later on, once the game was already way out of hand, he has a great touchdown and everybody's positive and everybody's remembering, hey, Texas Tech and how great all of that was. So um, are, what are we going to get from him? Are we going to get, for four quarters, the dynamic playmaking ability, or are we going to get a lot of those freshman mistakes mixed in also? I don't know. Um, it does seem like a positive thing, though, at least from a lot of the initial stuff that I read about this game That am, and Coach Kleiman in his press conference like, seems like you're not going to have a lot of opt-outs. Cooper Beebe and Ben Sinnott would be the names to monitor there, but he didn't seem particularly... Um, concerned about it, at least from from what I've gathered here. But the NC State side of it for me is just that similar to what I was saying about UNLV and this being a historic season for them, a 10 win season would be a huge feather in the cap for this NC State program would be just the second time for for the Wolfpack since 2002. Um, They started the season pretty slow, four and three start. They're going from Brendan Armstrong to MJ Morris back to Armstrong. Um, with what happened there with Morris in the transfer portal, figured out things down the stretch, won important games against Clemson and their rival in UNC in the regular season finale. Like, I think that they're a team that feels like they're kind of peaking at the right time, and this game is going to mean something to them. So I I think that taking the points would be
1: my angle on playing this, but I don't hate like a sprinkle on the money line either. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing three. I'm seeing three and a half. I I think especially if you get that hook, that's definitely a side that i like and you're right i, I think for some of those books that uh you, if you want to try and find sort of the ideal spot i think DraftKings right now has them uh, at a pretty reasonable line if you're looking to go on that money line play and and save the the local angle here uh, i certainly think that's the way to go all right so let's talk a little bit of nfl on our way out yeah. we'll talk about the local game first here in town you have uh chiefs and bills uh, a fun fun matchup you think back to uh that divisional round uh, from a couple of years ago, the how many points scored in the final two minutes of the game, and it's it's been a weird week for for Buffalo, especially with some crazy reporting coming out from, from Tyler Dunn uh, about some of the messaging that Sean McDermott has said. It's a three-part series um, between Kansas City coming off of a tough loss on Sunday night in Green Bay, and yes, there's some there's some desperation within this game for Buffalo, mm-hmm. but man. Sir, I don't know how you feel about this, but it, it feels very difficult for me right now to to get on board. Even as Buffalo is actually less of of a of a dog than I thought they would be in this game, it's very hard for me to be able to side with this team right now, even with the concerns that Kansas City has on offense. But I'm curious to get your perspective.
2: See, and I do lean Buffalo. I do. Right. Um,
1: so you think this will be like a we got to figure this out? Let's come together here. Again.
2: It, I. It's a playoff game. It is. This game is huge for them. They're grasping gra- uh, grasping for straws. See, I told you, I embarrassed myself on national television. I'll embarrass myself with you. Uh, they are in win-now mode for a shot to, to make the playoffs. And yes, they lost a lot of impact players on defense this year. Yes, they fired their offensive coordinator. Yes, there is some dysfunction going on in the organization, as you referenced. Yes. So maybe I'm a little bit naive, but these last couple of games, I feel like there's been a lot to like. They are getting healthier on defense offensively, it seems like they recognize you need to let Josh Allen be Josh Allen and use his tools if you want to win games. And and he's one of the few players in the NFL who's not intimidated going into Arrowhead because of the way that this rivalry has progressed. They have won in Arrowhead. Josh Allen has had some of the best games of his career in that building. Even the playoff game they lost was probably one of his best as a professional. And hold on, I have, I have numbers here. Let me grab them. So in his four games that he has played at Arrowhead. Average 315 pass yards per game, 61 rush yards, 12 touchdowns. You say, yeah, but he turns the ball over all the time. Just one interception, 114 passer rating. Like like I said, I he's one of the players that has played well there, is not scared of it. And you talk about Kansas City and the issues that they have had, and I don't know if it's a drops issue. I don't know if it's a receiver communication issue. I don't – like even defensively, obviously, last week they struggled against Green Bay – But I just feel like because of the need to win, and granted, just because you need to do something doesn't mean you will. I understand that too. I just get the sense that Buffalo needs this one so bad and they're not scared of going into that building and they've maybe figured something out the last couple weeks.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And especially if this line continues to be where it's at, if we're talking Buffalo plus one and a half, Buffalo plus two, um, you consider them for maybe a possible teaser here?
2: I love them. That's so that I probably should have led off with that. I think this is a great <laughs> teaser leg for Buffalo. Get them over a touchdown against the Chiefs team that that also has largely struggled to put teams away. Right. So even yes. if they do win this game, they've been one of the worst second half teams in the NFL this year. Like I love the idea of getting Buffalo over over a touchdown for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and last time was the or last week the game against Green Bay was the first time all season for Kansas City that both a second half under. And a fourth quarter under didn't hit up wow. until that point where I think thirteen and zero in second half under. So of course you know everybody's late to the party. They late in second half under play, yep. uh, and then it just goes right well, away.
2: Well, because Ben, they had that run of three straight games getting shut out in the second half. So it's yeah, in- interesting. Yeah, you jump, you get into the party. Everybody's late to the party. It's it's that's the worst. You can't join the bandwagon once we already have a sample size of three or more. You just can't.
1: Yeah, no, nothing that, that the public loves more than second half unders and just betting the <laughs> unders in primetime. But well, are, welcome to the party. Welcome to the big show.
2: That's a great point. Like going into week 13 of the NFL, the whole thing is, oh, the primetime unders, especially Monday night. And then it's the first sweep of
1: primetime overs that we've seen since week 12 of last year. So, of course, you've been super great with your time. Before I let you go, is there anything else on the slate that uh, has caught your eye? Um, obviously, the big Sunday night game between the Eagles and Cowboys right now, at most books uh, we're seeing the Cowboys lay in three and a half. Uh, really high total on the board. Again, it's a primetime game with a lot of points. Uh, seeing as high as is 52. Uh, there's a couple books that still have it at 51 and a half. Uh, what from this slate uh, has caught your attention this
2: week? Sure. Uh, that Sunday night game is one where. I haven't placed a bet because I feel so firmly it can go one of two ways, and I'm just not sure which way it's going to be. But I can see it being a close down to the wire game where the Eagles end up just winning outright. Like how many times this season have we said, wow, they just found a way to win. All these other things are going wrong. Didn't matter. They found a way to win. So I could see that or I could see the Cowboys just being dominant and they are so good at home. They have put up, I want to say, 40-plus points in each of the last four home games. They haven't scored fewer than 30 at home all season long. So they finally beat an over-500 team last week. They're feeling good. (laughs) Maybe they can carry that over a little bit against an Eagles team that they obviously want to get redemption from from earlier in the season. They were five yards away from getting that win. Um, So that's one. And then I would say the other one, if you're just looking for a dance partner, maybe if you teased up the Bills, I'm kind of intrigued by the Broncos this week against the Chargers. Uh, You can get that up from two and a half to eight and a half, so you go through both of the key numbers of three and seven, which which I think could be a good dance partner.
1: Yes, and uh, if it's the Chargers, inevitably there will be (laughs) some sort of a blown second half lead, and Denver is going to get right back at it. I still
2: am just in awe that the Chargers covered a game last week, scoring six (laughs) points. What are we doing?
1: Right. Come on, like, you guys know the narrative. This is what you're supposed to do. Go ahead and stay with it. Awful. Awful. Just so bad. But yeah, this has been fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad you were able to stop by. Please make sure you guys are checking out Stormy's work. You should be watching her on Visa, on the Lombardi line, following her on Twitter and TikTok, at Storm Bon Tony, also on Instagram and threads, at SS Stormy, or I suppose you can go SSS Stormy, whatever you're going to be able to remember. Uh, That's certainly the way to go. Uh, I am hoping to be in Las Vegas in April. There is a a certain Sphere concert that I am hoping, hoping to get tickets to. Uh, Fish is making their debut at the Sphere. So uh, crossing my fingers that I will be there. Uh, If I end up making it, I would certainly love to say thank you and a hello in person. But thank you so much for making time for us. This is so fun.
2: Yes, please. You do. And you'll have to let me know how the sphere is because I I can't go until after football season is fully wiped from my brain. I just don't have time right now. But it looks awesome. So I need all the details. Definitely hit me up when you're here.
1: You got it. Thanks so much, Stormy.
0: Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard.